to sleepover at the house of Mario, and uh, today we've got a very special guest, Alex Harding. Alex, thank you very much for sleeping over. It's nice to have your company here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, um, I didn't realise it was a sleepover. I would have brought my robe and you know would have done it, done everything. I had my sleeping bag, but uh, you're gonna have to deal with the hoodie. Yeah, I did put this on you, but you're sleeping over tonight. You know, your mum's dropped you off. She's not coming back. This wasn't just a bit of a play date. This was a full-on sleepover. So I hope you've got your, um, you know, your 3DS charged. I hope you've got all the controllers that you need for the night because we're pulling an all-nighter. We're doing a, we're gonna do a dungeon in Twilight Princess. We're gonna uh, get 120 stars in Mario 64. We we're doing the full rounds tonight, mate. Don't you worry about that. I'm honestly more concerned that my mum drove me. She doesn't have a license. Oh Jesus. Yeah. Damn. Oh, she did a great job getting you there. You, well, you're alive. Thanks, yeah. Thanks, mum. Appreciate it. Thanks, mum. Always Good a treat, mate. <laughs> um, I asked you to come on the show because I was really excited for you because you've, um, you know, you're going full time with your business, the Indie XP, e, uh, EXP. So yeah, just uh, I'm really interested to talk to you about that. But um, to start things off, I I'll throw you in the deep end with this as well. But mm-hmm. um, since we're having a sleepover, what's one of your most just cherished sleepover memories? Whether it's uh, gaming related or not, you could have been out in the swamp with Shrek, um, having a nice sleepover at um whatever they call this swamp, Sh- Shrek Swamp, or it could have been at a good friend's house uh, playing some video games. Because I've, um, I've certainly got her, got plenty. Um, that's where a lot of my, my Pokemon memories and that come from. But what's, what's some of yours, even though I'm throwing you straight in the deep end? It is straight into the deep end. Yeah. Straight was, into Shrek Swamp. Yeah, straight into Shrek Swamp. I was meant to prep you for this, I've got to be honest, but, um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> didn't check the Google Doc beforehand? <laughs> no, I don't have a Google Doc. We didn't, didn't even get that's, that far. Oof. All right. Um, oh. <laughs> when you ask me this question, two probably come to mind. Mm. Uh, one's probably a good memory. One's not as good, but it's hilarious right, right. all the same. Um, <laughs> first one, I'll start with a bad one. Uh, that one would have been the night a friend of mine were doing were wrestling. We were probably about nine years old. We had the mattress down. You had the ropes around the outside, so we're doing like the whole, you know, the whole shebang yeah, and nice, everything. Yeah. And then I, you know, climbed up on the turnbuckle, went to do a, oh, I don't even know what it's called anymore. Um, anyways, like you put your legs out, like, and you're kind of like at a right angle and you're like, you're supposed to, you know, bang your legs on their, on their head. But um, I think I kind of missed, I missed the, um, missed the mattress and uh, fractured my coccyx bone. Oh, Jesus Christ. All right. Yeah. That was, I mean, this is a bad one. So, you know, the other one's yeah. considerably better than that. Um, but yeah, that's that's probably the first one that comes to mind. I don't know why. Now that I think about it. Yeah, the bad ones come to memory first. I I had a yeah. memory where I um, we kicking the football outside and kicked it a bit too hard and it went onto the road and just smack bam into a car. And the car just like screeched on its on its brakes. Like oh shit! So we ran inside and my god, my mate's dad gave us a bloody hide. And I tell you that <laughs> I don't blame him. I bloody I dare say there's going to be a few times in my day where I've got to give some kids some hiding when they come over and stay over. But yeah. Yeah. Um, if there anything, if there anything like yourself and running in front of cars, that's for sure. No, I didn't run in front of a car. Like ah. I kicked the football into the like onto the road, and it like hit the car. The football hit the oh, car. Oh, the, the the ball hit the car. Okay. Yeah. No, if I run into the road and the, yeah, that happened to me, I, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> yeah, fair think. enough. <laughs> oh dear. I was like, I was surprised. Surprised the um the adult hit you. Like honestly, you already been hit. That's what I thought. <laughs> he finished the job. Yeah. It's like double kick. <laughs> um. Oh, the good one though, oh, it would have to be probably, oh, I would have been, I was a teenager at, that, at this point, but uh, a few mates, like me and a few mates, we, you know, hung out at high school all the time and 
Super Smash Brothers on the Nintendo 64. Mm-hmm. Like five hours straight. That's it. You just it's, can't go wrong. It was just five hours of Super Smash Brothers. It's like Smash Nights. They just go so fast. Mm-hmm. I that I had, so, I had just great memories of playing my friend's 64s as well. I didn't have a 64 to myself, so... When it was a friend's sleepover, it's like, all right, mate, we're, I'm getting my time out of your consoles. <laughs> I'm going oh, yeah. to play some of these games, especially like stuff like Smash and that. It was so easy to come back to. It's just, yeah, so much fun. Did you get the colored controller? I can't remember. I think he only had colored controllers. I don't know if he had gray controllers. You know, he's one of those boys, you know. He was a, he was a rich kid. Yeah, it must have been. He was fancy. <laughs> well, this was Nintendo 64 when, like, right in the heyday of GameCube and PlayStation 2. So. Mm. Not quite sure when he got it, whatever, but yes, I remember. I think he had green and maybe red. And good colors. Controllers, yeah, no good, excellent colors. Got the yeah. tick from me. Yeah, it's a shame like it. now that you can't get the colored uh, Switch controllers for um, NSO, but you're going to get the gray one. Mm, yeah, I do have that one, but yeah, I was disappointed. I mean, just whenever it's available as well. I was, yeah. one, I was one of the first persons to get it, but it's it's rarely available, that controller anyway, so... Yeah, I see that it just yeah. came back in stock um, maybe yesterday or the day before. Yeah. Uh, I got one, but at first I wasn't all that worried about getting it because I wasn't, oh, well, I'm not going to be playing Nintendo 64 games right now, but mm. when I did get the itch, I'm like, I can't get one. Oh, well. <laughs> so it took a long time to get one, but it's so cool having just a little wireless one. Yeah. Well, then there's me who bought one straight away and has never used it. So it's just. Did you at least take there. it out of the box? I took it out of the box because, of course, I did. I have a I have a drawer full of hundred unpacked amiibos. Yeah, I don't have a hundred unpacked whatever. amiibos, but I've I got to the point where I'm like I'm not using them, and I kind of like the look of them in the box anyway. So yeah, I've uh, <laughs> I just kept them all. Oh my god, <laughs> it's, it's getting a bit much. The, the other day I ha- I um when I was going to like finish the last segment of Tears of the Kingdom, mm-hmm. I'm like all right, I need some I need some items. So I go into the top drawer, get out the amiibo box, and just yep. sit on the couch, scan, scan, just like chucking these amiibos into a pile, just getting meat and wheat and God Very knows nice. what. I need to, I need to do that myself. I'm um, um the best. My favorite amiibo, one I'm most proud of, is the Box Boy amiibo. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah, I would be too. I never got that one. It was only for one week, mm. limited edition on Nintendo Australia's eBay account. Yeah. Very happy about that one. Yeah, so you know, if you've got one of them, you know that you're actually dedicated to the craft. Because um, I was never meant to get so many amiibo. I just said to myself, "Look, I'll get the characters that I like." You know, yeah. I got Mario. I got you know the characters when they when it first launched. Then I realized I like a lot of Nintendo characters. <laughs> in fact, I, in fact, I probably probably like them all. I think I only missed out on like a few that I didn't like really like, but. You know, no, like he has a Nintendo podcast, likes Nintendo characters. Yeah, I was like, well, yeah, I was like looking at all the Fire Emblem characters. I'm like, I actually kind of like them all, mm. <laughs> or all the like, especially like the Mario characters from the Pokemon and yeah. Zelda characters. I'm, oh shit! Like, you know, it's really cool having Twilight Princess Link and oh look, Ocarina of Time Link. Oh, <laughs> Majora's Mask Mask Link. Oh Christ! I'm quite fond of everything. Christ, this is um, and you can't get the eight Link. Yeah, I don't think I got that one. Ooh, that one's my favorite. I did, um, you know, I did get to a point where I just had enough plastic, but now we've like the Tears of the Kingdom ones coming out, like definitely getting them mm-hmm. um, with Zelda and Ganondorf. Yeah, they look good. But we're pretty, I, pretty safe I, now. I stopped at Banjo-Kazooie. That yeah. was the last one I got. It wasn't, but... wasn't that long ago, really. 
No, a couple of years. I think yeah. a couple of years ago. But it got to a certain point where I'd moved house like three times in a year and I'm just like, never again. Oh, yeah, yeah. You... Yeah. Um, are you like a, a physical game collector or do you just download your games just buy them on the eShop? Very recently, I've switched over to digital. Right. Um, yeah, I used to be yeah. physical physical collector. Now I download them or I buy them and then finish them and sell them. I've right. been doing that a lot recently. But that's only with the games that I'll never replay. So, mm-hmm. you know, your Octopath Traveler, your, your Bayonetta 3, games like that. Yeah. And that's fair enough. Because, yeah, I was just thinking, like you said, you move that many times and you're sick mm-hmm. of packing stuff up. Like physical games. I, like, I, I like getting physical games, but when I'm not playing them, they're just in the cupboard. You know, they're, they're not doing much. I'd, and I'd rather just have them, especially on Switch. I just want them downloaded on my Switch, put it in my pocket mm-hmm. and... Away we go. I've got a terabyte card so I can fit a lot of them. I can't, actually can't fit my whole collection at the moment. <laughs> I've exceeded yeah, yeah. the terabyte card. So, got to get onto archiving. Mm. I love that feature. Like, yeah, that's still, great, it's still yeah. on your home page, so you still don't forget about it, but you just archive it and save it for later. Mm. It's there just for your OCD. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. About 96% of my library is archives. Yeah. It's like I've got you've got it downloaded, and you may never get to it. Actually, you know, statistically, you probably will never play it. But no, well, that's it. More games come out than you know we tend to get. We tend to get to, and I've been, I've been, you know, I've been loving Game Pass recently, going through that whole collection, and I realize more games get added than I actually play. Oh, 100 percent, yeah. So it's, <laughs> it's ridiculous. And now I'm working from home for the most part, and. Here I am at my desk, and then right next to me in the next room is my TV, and my Xbox, and it's just like, it's not good. It's not good. It's it's just ridiculous how many games I have access to. Like, you know, I buy a lot, and yeah. I keep up with all the Nintendo releases, and then there's Game Pass and PlayStation Plus um, Deluxe, which mm-hmm. I've got so many games across both services I really want to play. And then I've got my Steam library, which has been you know sitting there dormant from previous Steam sales yep. in the past. Um, so just the amount of games you've access to, you've really got to sort of like sit down and think to yourself, all right, I want to and I will play and finish this. Like it, um, you've got to sort of manage yourself a little bit. And I've been good at it this year. Like I've yeah. played like plenty of games and played them all the way through. But in the past, it's just you get sort of just uh, sort of stuck. Like, oh, what do I play? Oh, I'll play nothing. <laughs> and you just, oh, it's, a, it's such a first world problem. Um, it is. I mean, yeah. <laughs> talking about, you know, going back to OCD mode, um, I actually created a spreadsheet for all of my games. Yeah. So yep. I have I have them all I have them all laid out and then I've got next to them uh, the Metacritic score, the how long to beats and mm-hmm. and how I have them, whether that's Game Pass or whatever. And if it's Game Pass, I say when the game came to the si- came to the system, uh, mm-hmm. when it came to Game Smart. Pass. So I know for 12 months later down the track, when it gets to that, they might leave. So it's like, I'm going to play every game. I don't know how, but I'm going to play them all. I'm going to make mm. it work. Yeah. Well, spoilers. You, you might not make it all work. <laughs> yeah. I've got, I, I haven't done the spreadsheets, but I have, Um, I do pick like, say like five games I want to play. Mm-hmm. And I use an app called GG um, that you can like leave reviews and um, sort of organize your library and leave lists and all that type of thing. So I add say about five games, no more than 10 at max to my now playing. And then I like pick and choose sort of between like the games from there. So I've got like a small pool instead of looking at like 50 games where I'm like, Oh God, yeah, yeah. 
I look at, say, five games where I'm like, all right, I'm in the mood for this because it's shorter or I'm in the mood for this because it's a genre that I'm sort of craving at the moment. And uh, that's how I sort of work things. But the last month's been a bit of a... I've been really good this year, but the last month's been a bit of a, a bit of a dry zone as far as, as far as gaming goes. I just haven't really been in the mood for it. I think it's just this time of year. You know, it's winter time and it gets it's like it gets dark at five o'clock. So even now we're recording at eight o'clock at night. And it's sort of, it feels like it's about midnight. Yeah. Well, I've been going honestly. to bed probably nine o'clock each night. <laughs> I think you're not alone in that, honestly. Yeah. Like I've been, I've been definitely been feeling tired, like, you know, more so. And then I get, I, I go to bed and I, you know, get my switch out, play some Tears of the Kingdom. And then 20 minutes later, I'm, I'm feeling tired. I'm, mm. I'm knocked out by 10.30. Yeah. So is this an adult thing or is this uh don't know because I used to. This used to be my favorite time of year, and well, now I mean, it's just like it's cold, it's miserable. I want it yeah. to be warmer. Yeah. Well, I mean, in what eight months I'm pushing thirty, so you know it's all downhill from there. Mm, I just turned twenty nine uh, in June, so I've got the last year left. So enjoy it. Mm. Enjoy yeah, it because well, <laughs> after that it's all going to be butterscotch candies, packets, uh, tissue packets in your back pocket, and eight thirty <laughs> bedtime. Yeah, well, it's not that well. It's definitely not that far away, because um, <laughs> I can feel it already. So I believe it. Yeah. Mm. Oh yeah. Yeah. So what have you been playing the last uh, last couple of weeks? Been playing many games. Well, I mean, yeah, Tears of the Kingdom, but um, of course, probably not probably not as far into it as you. Honestly, I think I've done two of the main quests. Mm-hmm. I, I put I checked it the other week and I was about fifty five hours in, so I'm probably about sixty to seventy hours in at, yeah, nice. at this point. Uh, about half the shrines, which is a decent effort considering the amount of time I have for myself. Um, but yeah, other than that, so I've been playing. I love the Yakuza games. If you've ever booted one of them up, yeah, that's that. That is a series that I'm like I want to play, but I haven't. Oh, mm-hmm. So good. I, I think it's right up my alley too. It's incredible. Yeah. Like I honestly didn't expect to fall in love with it, like like I did. And it's just so ridi- like it it goes crazy ridiculous. And then you're like, okay, I'm done with side stories. I'm just gonna go follow the main story. And then it hits real deep. Mm. Like it yep. just gets real serious. Which one did you start off with? Because I'm keen to sort of like decide which one to jump into. So I started with Kiwami, which is Yakuza one, mm-hmm. and then I learned that that was a mistake. Okay. <laughs> so you're better off starting with Yakuza 0. 0, yeah, okay. That's what I've yeah. heard. Because yeah. there's a, without spoiling things, there's a, there's a main character who, you know, he kind of goes a bit left field. Mm-hmm. And when you play Yakuza 0, after that, it feels a bit strange. Because you right. don't really okay. know how to feel about him. Um, that's all mm. I'll say on that. So, yep. yeah, Yakuza 0, start with that one. Then Kiwami afterwards. Yeah, nice. Now, I'm keen to give it a go. I've got a, well, like I said, with Xbox Game Pass and PlayStation Plus, uh, all the Yakuza games on are on both. Mm-hmm. So I've got all the options and I've got them. I actually picked up the uh, ROG Ally, the little handheld PC. Oh, it's so pretty. Yeah, that's no, nice, man. Um, you can see it's all smudged, but it's uh, yeah, very, very nice. Um, I haven't played a whole lot on it. Just, you know, like I said, I got it and I haven't really been playing games just in general. Yeah, but uh, yeah, keen just to yeah play some Game Pass stuff. So that's definitely one I want to download on there. Yeah, I've been I've been like that's the only reason why I would get that honestly is for Game Pass and just yeah. have everything like a Switch. That that's sort of why I got this instead of a um just like hunted down a Steam Deck. 
because mm. I think a Steam Deck is a Steam Deck is uh, a lot more convenient as a portable. Yeah, because this is just literally a laptop, just with a controller bolted onto each side of the screen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, game running on Windows, so you can use Game Pass and all of the launches. Just a lot more flexible as far as what games you can play. Yeah. But yeah. Um. So yeah, what are you thinking of uh, Tears of the Kingdom? Obviously, you've played it a lot. Uh, I, Honest- I I've um I've fin- I've finished it. I played it for about. 75 hours in yep. two, in two weeks and then i sort of yeah i just fell off gaming in general but yeah i loved it i think it's one of my favorite games of all time so mm. i quite liked it <laughs> honestly honestly i'd agree um i don't think i'd be able to go back to breath of the wild anymore because mm. it's like, like with the you know the ascendability and get, being able to you know with the sky towers and everything i don't think i'd be able to go back to breath of the wild with that and it's so sad because breath of the wild was considered you know, the one of the best games ever made. And then Nintendo were like, hold my beer mm-hmm. and let's do this again. Um, and they knocked it out of the park. Like they they re- reiterated, or no, re- they revolutionized a genre that they recently had revolutionized. Like, and I feel like only Nintendo can do that. At yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, it still has the same issues where like I am running around, you know, the world and just be like, I don't know what to do other mm. than the main quests. And I know I can finish this game in like ten to fifteen hours, if that, if I wanted to. But um, you'd be pushing yeah. it. You're... Yeah, yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> you have so, to be good at it too, because you wouldn't be able to take the time to do shrines and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then you got to go in with like what four hearts and yeah, and fight Ganon. But I reckon, I reckon I'm you know slowing down with it. I'm doing some of the side adventures now, where you've got um, I don't know that big seagull dude. Um, at the stable, mm. at the stables, you know, doing all those quests and um, yeah, just trying to. I reckon probably another ten to fifteen hours of that, and then I'll, you know, then I'll knock out the story. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah, when you when you get to the point in the story, you'll be like, you'll just be blown back. You'll love it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've I've heard fantastic things about it. Yeah. Um, ha- have you no spoilers? But have you uncovered all of the, I guess, uh, the memories, the tears? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. No spoilers. I won't say anything for anyone listening. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, there. And I like the I like the way it was done, especially. I didn't probably my only my only issue with the tears were that you you would piece t- together the story. So you would be you know your first one that you find. Well, after Impa, it, you would be you know it'd be like story number story beat number twelve. And then story beat number five, and it's just like trying to piece it all together, and mm. it is chronological, so it is a bit odd. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, I come across a a memory that I was like, hmm, it's it's, a, it's kind of a it's kind of a spoiler spoiler in some ways because like yeah. you didn't get that lead up to it. Yeah, but w- once once I did the mole, I sort of thought to myself, no, it's, it's actually kind of cool because like you know, not many games you sort of get in this way where you can sort of see something just completely on your own terms and sort of work out what led up to that or mm. you could do it in order and then you get the more traditional linear sort of story as well so i kind of i kind of liked how it worked out um and and there was a way like the game when it shows you the map with impa it does say like hey look this is one two three four five so if you're that concerned about it you right. can sort of do it but i didn't actually notice that it had it numbered like i took mm. a screenshot on the switch and i was referring back to that but for some reason i never noticed that that were numbered <laughs> <laughs> i was only talking to someone like ha- having this conversation with somebody afterwards and i said oh well it does actually 
you know, label it out for you. I'm like, oh, mm. never noticed. There you go. I, I, I had to interrupt. Uh, <laughs> I live in the city and I'm on the second floor and my partner has just come home and forgot her keys. So ah. I have to go get my keys and then go back here and drop it down the balcony. I'll be two sex. No, all good. All good. Okay, what will you say? I'll, I'll, uh, I'll do a bit of vanting here. So, yeah, really excited that Alex is here. He's a great guy. Cannot wait to uh, talk to him about the Indie EXP. He's been doing an absolutely fantastic job um, over there with his business. And he's gone. I don't know if you can still hear me or not. Can you still hear me, Alex? I can still hear. Oh, there you go. I just hear his phone doing a little bubble thing. And usually when you're getting when you're getting those bubble bubbles, that bubble sound, sometimes that means you're in trouble, especially from your missus. Maybe he is. Maybe uh no, the no fact trouble. That, no trouble. It's all good. I'm Everyone's good. Ca- the situation's situation is under control. Yeah. You did that very quick. I'm very impressed. I thought you would have to have a couple of minutes up up and down or Whatever, nah. but... Oh no, I didn't. I didn't go up and down. I went to the balcony and dropped the keys down. I got you, got you. So she's like there in the middle of the road, just so like, huh, like that. Now, nah, what it's you should have done is said, "Hey, babe, I'm on a podcast at the moment. I wait, uh, wait an hour or so. <laughs> just, uh, uh, <laughs> just go to Maccas. Just go to Hindley Street Maccas. Hindley Street Maccas. Yeah, stay there for a little bit. Uh, I'm sure, that'll yeah, be nice be and safe for you. Yeah, that's where I go. Where do you go? I don't. Well, I'm pretty far away from Hindley Street Maccas, so. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's always there. It's always there if you need it. Yeah, it is. It's a nice little safe refuge for people who uh, <laughs> don't have their keys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, so uh, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Um, yeah, you're enjoying it. Mm, definitely. Yeah. Um, I know Pikmin 4 is coming up next. It I, is. I haven't played Pikmin 3 and I only dabbled in Pikmin 1. Mm-hmm. So I re- I do want to get into it because it's like the next one, but now that the direct just happened, I feel as though I can probably hold off on Pikmin until you know Super Mario Bros. Wonder comes out. Yeah, right. So you can hold off a while then. Yeah, I think so. I mean, mm. you've got what Game Pass and everything, so I've got all the Yakuza games to play. Yeah, you're not just sit- sitting there twiddling your thumbs, I guess. Oh no, well yeah. I am twiddling my thumbs, but. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Thumbs on the sticks. That's Keeping it. busy. And, you know, working. Got to do mm. that as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. A bit of work here and there. I guess. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Now, I'm keen for Pikmin 4. I haven't, I've, I don't have much experience with Pikmin either. Mm. Um, I've been meaning to actually get Pikmin 1 and 2 loaded up onto the ROG until yep. um, a Nintendo announced that, you know, they dropped it on Switch. I'm like, oh, well, that's... That's great. I'll play them there, but time's running out mm-hmm. <laughs> until Pikmin Four, so I better hurry up. Because yeah, I kind of wish they, I kind of wish they dropped them a few months ago. Yeah, so you know they don't leave you much time. No, but um, no, you, you might know. be all Pikmin down afterwards. But at the same time, right in the fever of um, Tears of the Kingdom, when mm-hmm. they just say, "Hey, here's Pikmin One and Two, everyone's just gonna be like, "Yeah, <laughs> all right." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, just go away. <laughs> yeah. Don't even talk to me, please. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm I'm actually like I said at the start of the show, and I when I was messaging you, really keen to talk about you know your big move with the mm. indie um, EXP, and you're you're going full time with the business. So just for those that don't know, what is the indie indie EXP, and uh, what do you do? 
Uh, see, sorry, I've got a fly buzzing around. He's gone. Um, I've got so okay. The Indie XP, it's a it's a little marketing business I started. So I've been doing. Uh, you probably remembered me from from last time I was on here. I was doing Switchaboo, which I still am. Um, but that was uh, gaming journalism, you know, reviews, all that kind of stuff. And then I, you know, I'd be getting, I'd be on PR li press lists and all this, and hearing things from publishers. And I realized that uh, some do PR quite well, and some do not. Um, and there's, and you know, when you're on Twitter a lot, and when you're on social media a lot, you deal with, well, you don't deal with, you talk to a lot of indie developers, and <laughs> you know, um, they're always. A lot of them are, you know, fantastic, and but some of them have fantastic games, but just don't know how to do mm. their marketing, or they just rely on, or they just, you know, hire a PR agency and hope for the best, um, but they do no marketing, you know, for themselves, no socials, or it could be the other way around, they only do socials and they don't think about all the other marketing stuff. So I thought, why not? I'll give it a go. Um, I'll try it myself, and you know, um, went to a few networking events here in here in Adelaide and found a couple of developers and um i knew a few developers from my switchaboo days uh, as well so yeah got a couple of clients out off the get-go went pretty well i would say um so i've launched four games now i believe four yeah four um and that's been fantastic what two on switch four came the all four came to steam uh, one VR game as well, which was a very interesting experience. Um, that was that was really that was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, and I've just been learning marketing. Back went back to uni, started studying again, and now I've decided to go full time with it. So I was I was only working part time, so I was only you know it wasn't like I was bringing in the big bucks, and it's a huge huge change. It's going to be quite similar, but um, you know going to have more time to put some more effort into the, these campaigns and also, you know, looking for more clients and doing my website up as well. Um, Cause that's, that's another huge step. So it's all, it's all happening, getting a lot more, a lot more traction, but terrified, absolutely terrified. Mm, yeah. I time. bet. I bet. Cause uh, I, I saw the news in the Nintendovania uh, discord and, mm -hmm. you know, whenever I see anybody just make huge steps to, you know, chase their passions i'm just always so excited by it and you know, i'm just so proud of you for you know take, taking the initiative for you know really trying and going for it and you know i i wish you all the success in the world i think it's going to be Thanks, know, man. i think it's gonna be really great for you but what what sort of made you like take the step was it like oh look i've got a couple of clients and i can sort of see it working out now and what what was sort of that um what momentum did you have to uh you know make this step It'd, it'd be a combination of that and this absolute horrendous day I had at work okay. <laughs> as well. Yes, yep. That, you know, and that always helps. You know, you're sitting in a... Because I, you know, I was doing marketing as well mm -hmm. um, for my part-time job, but more SEO content focused. Um, but yeah, I was, I was doing that. I was in a meeting room, was not prepared for it. I got absolutely drilled in that meeting room. Um, and just real awkward silences and, you know, went back to my desk and was just like completely deflated um, and a few other details, which I won't go into, but all in all, it was just pretty much just like, uh, I just, I just wanted to, I just wanted to go home, sit on my desk, like sit on my chair, you know, in front of my desk and just do the work that I actually cared about, you know, because I've always, I've never worked a full-time job in my life. 
uh, but I don't think I've ever worked a week under 50 hours before. Yeah. So it's always like, I'm always doing something else. I'm always, and it's always to do with games. It's always to do with video games in, in one form or another, whether that's Switchaboo or the Indie XP or something else. Um, but this one was, yeah, this one's actually one that I'm most excited about. And it's, it, that in itself was another, um, was another kicker to be able to, you know, push, push me across that line and take that next step to going full time. Yeah, there's no better motivator than fuck this. Let's yeah, let's, let's do something a bit better, especially like you said. Yeah, you know you're 30 and well, in, like you know coming up soon. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've got to start making sort of decisions to try and set ourselves up a bit. Yeah, you know, for the like, future. The bank won't accept me for a home loan, but you know, who, who can buy a house right now? So I don't have to worry <laughs> about that for years. I'm fine. But, yeah, you know, buy, buying a house in the city, they might not accept many people. <laughs> how it's yeah. going at the moment. No, definitely not. Yeah. So, yeah, no, that's really cool that, um, you know, it's sort of basically combining two of your passions, like, you know, you're a professional work as well as, you know, just your love of games and being able to, uh, you know, talk directly to the creators and being able to help them as well, you know, market it and publish their game. Because I, I can imagine, like, developing a game, mm-hmm. you just got you, you no idea about marketing and even if you did, you it takes up so much time. Like, it's a full-time job, you know, for you. Yeah. So, you don't Some... imagine for someone like who it isn't like their passion or anything like that. Yeah, exactly. Some, some developers do know quite a bit about marketing and they, you know, they watch GDC YouTube videos or they just have a background in marketing. And even they say like, sometimes we just need someone to take charge of it because, you know, we just don't have the time. Like there was a recent GDC uh, lecture where she was talking about your, your one hour a day marketing plan. Um, And there was, you know, on Monday you do, you know, you put content together on Tuesday, you reach out to developers uh, to reach out to like, you know, content creators and and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's all, that's quite easy to say, but like that's still one hour a day um, that takes away from all the time in development or, you know, perhaps you could fix this bug or improve this mechanic or, you know, a lot of indie developers are bootstrapping as well. So they're working part-time or full-time jobs and then coming home and developing their game and then you're still telling them to take an hour, an additional hour a day to do marketing. It's just like, you, you just don't have that time. And I started the Indie XP knowing that my clients would not particularly have, you know, that spare income and whatnot as well. So mm. I've had, there's, it's been, I guess the first year and a half when I first started the Indie XP, I needed to really think about, you know, how I would work and how that pricing structure would work um and it's it's been hard um and it's a lot of work um like working with multiple developers because i can't like you i can't get hired by one developer and that's it like one development team like i have mm. to work with multiple multiple clients and i'm just one person as well but um i yeah but i'm full-time and that's kind of why it's very time intensive but i wouldn't do anything else i don't think at this stage so mm. No yeah, I can imagine for like, you know, these creatives, like you, you come home and you, you're doing what you're doing because you love it, but you you don't have the money to put into marketing or, you know, your money's going into tools or, you know, things like that to like go directly into the game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in some ways I can relate even to like my little old tiny podcast here where it's like you get home, you do the thing, but you don't have time to um, really muck around with the Facebook posts and all of that mm-hmm. stuff. And let alone, you know, getting help from an editor or something where, 
Um, you know, you know, you got to start somewhere, I guess. Get, got to get the ball rolling, but yeah, it is a more difficult thing. So I can imagine for you, like your the people you are targeting. You know, you're obviously not going to target AAA games where they've got no. massive budgets and they can pay uh, pay very handsomely. You are, you are your clients are very much people who are like, look, we need a hand, but my pockets aren't that yeah. deep right now. So I, I can imagine that's a, it's an interesting sort of um, thing to balance to try and work that out so you can continue to, to do this. Well, I've learned a lot about how developers get their funding. And it's either a combination of their own money, you know, based on their part-time or full-time work and grants or publishers. Um, and that's, mm. you know, if that comes around. But I imagine if they get a publisher, they probably wouldn't need me. Um, but if they, you know, grants are the other thing and there's this, uh, there's this governing body called Screen Australia, if you've heard of them, yeah. uh, but they're kind of off, offshoot from um, South Australian Film Corporation as well. But what they, so they have, a go, like government grants are about $150,000, up to $150,000 for a team. And I think they had last time about 400 applicants all across Australia uh, and then about 50% of them were eligible, you know, because they showed they have, you know, all the business set up and yada, yada, all that kind of stuff. And then 10 of them got a grant. Right. Yeah. Okay. And mm. that was, you know, that, like the recent recent announcement that I helped do for um, for a developer called Two Lives Left in the recent game Punchables. Got the shout out there. Got the plug. Um they yeah they applied and they got their feedback saying oh i couldn't figure out how to punch and then they just didn't do anything else with it i'm just right. like but you just click the button <laughs> yeah, one of the buttons doesn't man <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> just keep clicking them until you figure it out um but it, yeah it, you can get turned down for something as simple as that mm. um and it, so it's very cutthroat so basically if they don't pick it up and it's not you know something's not working or you know it's I don't know, it's like a little bug or, you know, they just can't figure it out themselves. They just move on to the next one. I assume, they, I assume they're gamers who actually like try and work that out, actually pick up the controller or the keyboard and do that. Some of them are. Because um, otherwise, yeah, they probably wouldn't find the punch button. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and mm. I do find as well they're very um, story focused because they are stemmed from the film mm, industry yeah. as well. So, yeah, it's it's, it's interesting. Um, it's very it's very interesting. Went to a whole meeting event around that and just learning the ropes here in Australia. Um, the government's been supporting game development a lot recently, um, like with grants and, and tax offsets and all that kind of stuff, yep. which, you know, I only understand about 5% of what they, whatever the hell they say. But it's I've learned a lot and I feel as though now was the time to you know, go all in on it and show that, you know, I can help some of these bigger ones that actually do get across the line whilst not forgetting some of the smaller ones as well. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And that's really interesting because, you know, I, I've, I've heard a lot about sort of like, you know, the government's being pretty supportive of it, but mm. it's interesting from like your perspective where you're like, all right, this is happening. So now that this might be the move because now developers are being sort of given the ability through the funds to actually access services that I am willing to offer. So that's mm. actually a really interesting um, insight, but I, you know, no, don't consider because I am um, not a marketer or anything yes. like that in the in the game scene. But no, that's really cool. Um, uh, I mean, yeah. all all I could say is definitely expect a lot more games out of Australia. 
um, happening very soon because a lot of games were being made, but they didn't have the funding uh, or the int- and then therefore the interest to actually you know see a full release. So all I'll say is definitely expect more games in in the near future from Australia. Yeah, and no, that's really exciting because. Well, it's been a long time since I've been to Avcon, but even in Adelaide, little old Adelaide, there's a, a really vibrant, you know, game community that um, I always love going to uh, the indie, um, oh, what do they call it, Indie Alley? Mm-hmm. No, something like that <laughs> at, um, at Avcon. It's just interesting talking to like the developers there and some of them are just like on their laptops in their spare bedroom. Some are yeah. a bit bigger with bigger teams and... Uh, yeah, it's just really interesting to see. So I'm actually really looking forward to um, going to Avcon again for the first time since COVID this year and seeing what they got. I've when, got is night... Av- when is Avcon? Uh, it's, it's the same weekend as Pikmin 4. <laughs> so yeah. The That's how you remember so. it. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking to Josh and I brought it up. He's like, yeah, Pikmin 4. I'm like, oh, it is too. So yeah, <laughs> I've, got my, um, I've got my uh, great um, mother-in-law's 80th birthday. Got Pikmin 4 and Avcon. So, what a week. What a week. It's get all the, happening. Get on the beers with Nan, play some Pikmin 4 and <laughs> watch some weeby uh, anime. The, tri- <laughs> the holy trifecta. That's what we love. <laughs> uh, not going to lie, it's going to be a pretty good weekend, I think. I, I really do uh, Yeah, love going to that uh, convention. A lot of fun. Yeah. I haven't been in a while and unfortunately I won't be able to go this time. Um, that's, oh, why no. I what, that's why I yeah. asked what the date is. But I'll be in Germany, so you know I can't really yeah. complain. Mm. No yeah because um is there do you have like much interest in like doing like a lot of in-person stuff i know it packs you're very busy mm-hmm. getting around but like stuff like avcon and that that'll, that'll be you know great for the year or the year afterwards for you to get to yeah yeah i'll i'll probably make a calendar for myself once i get back from my holiday and start full-time work uh, which would be 1st of august so i'll probably put a calendar together all these events that i can go to there's like monthly uh developer meetup events as well so I, I go to them and everything and everyone's talking about development and codes and they make making coding jokes i'm just like ah, great <laughs> lovely i understand none of this yeah it's just like obviously you're a bit more um in the industry but like someone like me who's like just very much a gamer get a yeah. bunch of people like me there just be like oh yes i get it <laughs> yes the code yep. c plus plus and the and the Python and the code and the the textures. Yeah, numbers are hilarious. You can't you can't forget those numbers. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> you can't, but I, I will. Yeah, we will. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, no. It's um, it's all very interesting. Um, mm-hmm. just with uh, with what you're doing, and I, I hope it all goes well for you. Especially, you know, you got to pay for that Germany holiday by the sound of it. So when you get back, you'll be like, hey, any clients? Yeah, pretty much. I'll be I'll be doing the networking. Um, like I said, I'll be doing my website up as well so yeah because if you go to my website now which i'm telling you please don't uh, it is yeah. horrendous <laughs> right now it's like literally like four lines of text and a and a picture of me from eight years ago oh um, nice yeah. young man hey eh? look at that yeah. young man on the website but i don't know the url of <laughs> i'll trust him why not <laughs> i'll trust him with my you know with my life's project um but yeah so like it's little things like that getting everything established and making myself seem a bit more yeah, professional. I can actually, and like, I actually know what I'm talking about. So that's mm. the goal. Half yeah. of it is convincing people that I know what I'm doing. Absolutely. 
So I, I guess that like if somebody who was like, oh look, I've got this game, I actually do need some help. What do you actually, what do you actually do to help market the game and promote it to people that are hopefully going to buy it? What is like some of your process for actually, you know, getting it out there for people to hopefully recognize the game and sell some copies? It's a, it's a big question. Massive um, question, yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> like, my whole job, yeah, just yeah. answer the whole thing. <laughs> how do I? Yeah, how do, how do I? How do I boil 40, 40 hours a week down into like a, in a into a one one minute synopsis? But I mean, first off, I probably just look at the game and where it's at. So you know, they might be doing fantastic on socials, but that's not converting into wish lists, uh, which might mean that their I don't know, maybe their synopsis isn't very good, or maybe their Steam page isn't optimized, or maybe their you know maybe their tags are not working, but um, or or they might not be doing anything at all. And it's like, okay, let's pull back from the ground up. But the main thing I suppose is getting the groundwork set is is what I like. Like, cause that's just the most important thing to start with. And that can take well over a month. That's what that's pretty much what we did with Punchimals. Um, so if you if you can have a look at what we did there um from the ground up, there was there was nothing. There was a small gameplay demo, uh, and that was it. It was like version three point something. Um, so very early in development. Basically, with that, I had a you know had a big chat with the developer and understood and put it put it into writing what the game was about and what were the unique selling points of the game. Um, put together pictures, a synopsis, uh, screenshots, key art, all that kind of stuff. Really built out the the Steam page from from the ground up, but then coupled that with social media, um, like setting up social media accounts, setting up. Um, uh, like setting up a couple of weeks worth of posts and everything, and then also coupling that in on top of that with a press release, which goes out to you know hundreds and hundreds of press, like you know content creators, uh, IGN, Kotaku, all those kind of ones. Um, and that took time as well. Like it, it, that's mm. a whole process to find those people and um, get their consent as well to be able to send them press releases. And you know then you got to build the email and yeah that like what you can probably tell is that there is a lot of as there is a lot of facets to this um, Definitely. and and it doesn't just take you know it's it's not a 5 hour a week thing it's not a you know 1 hour a day marketing plan it's it's a full time job and you've got to and you've got to know what you're doing as well um like i've watched countless videos taking courses where you like people have studied how people go through the steam page so people only about five to five to ten percent of people actually watch the trailer normally they'll just flick through the screenshots read maybe the initial synopsis look at a gif and then decide from there because they'll know what they what they want um and they don't need to watch a trailer for that and keep like and that's another thing keeping trailers as short as possible um, like some people think, oh, I made a four minute trailer and it shows all this and it's very carefully choreographed. I'm like, I can guarantee a huge <laughs> amount of your audience has already dropped off 20 seconds in because they're used to, you know, TikTok short, like in YouTube shorts and every, like all of our attention spans are getting shorter and shorter. So it's, and it's, it's, and I suppose that's another thing as well. Like my basics package comes with, you know, marketing advice. Like I'm just here if you have any questions for me just ask me a question like, and I'll look into things for you, but it's having someone there as well who keeps up with these kind of things and keeps up with the news, keeps up with different trends and 
Yeah. So half of it's education as well. Yeah, nice. Yeah, because you could imagine just like when I'm going through the eShop, there's so many games where I'm like, what is this? Mm. Like just how much thought, I dare say, you and the developers that um, that uh, you work with, just every every screenshot is just thought about for probably hours and hours. Each one of it goes up. You know, what does this convey to the potential a potential purchaser? And um, like especially on Steam, for example, when you're going through the trailers, their video player, like sometimes it just doesn't work that well, so yeah. it doesn't load. So you, you might be fighting against that on some pages as well. Mm-hmm. Like the eShop, for example, your game might come out that day, but it's so laggy that, you know, if it's if it released, say, before the rest of the games that day, it'll be at the bottom mm-hmm. of that day. So then you've got to scroll all the way to the bottom and you might not be seen as much if you release like a little bit earlier. Like I could imagine just... Yeah. How much thought goes into each single platform that you're on, and yeah, like even even down to the little things. When we did the, I mean, going back to the screenshot example, like we, I, with Punchimals, it's it's very early in development still, so it has one backdrop. It's a 2D fighting game, and it has one backdrop at the moment, um, you know. And then cool stuff is happening, but they've only got two characters in, um, and they have different colors. They have different skins that you can that you can do, but only mm. only two characters. So each screenshot has a different variation of the character, you know, in different colors. And like one time you'll have the cat on this side and the crab on this side, but then they swapped on the other one and they're different colors. So it looks different and mm. it looks like there's a lot of variety. Um, not to, you know, not to say the game won't have variety when it eventually comes out. It's just because it's so early in development. I had to kind of think about that and think about how I need to show off, you know, so it's not, you click, you've seen one screenshot, you've seen them all. And then, you know, I had to show there's a screen where if you knock out a character, if you win, it does like the slow motion kind of knock out. Um, and it's really, really cool. But the mm. screen kind of goes black as well. So like first screenshot was the main fighting. Second screenshot was knockout. Third screenshot was back to fighting. Fourth screenshot was a character select screen. So yeah. it's like showing that it has that variety in that kind of way and then going to the pr email even just color coding things um so that it's on brand for the game so you're using the exact same colors which is hilarious because i'm colorblind but hex codes <laughs> definitely help out with that it's, that's that's been my my savior there yeah nice yes um it also might sort of work for you as well because when you look at other companies putting out games you can sort of think behind the scenes of what the marketers for those games were thinking as well like mm. for example with nintendo with everybody one two switch they just say hey look this is the game it's coming at the end of the month then on the eShop, no screenshots or anything just like just like the main promotional image so when you see that you'll be like like w- what do you think when like a company like that puts out a game announcement like that do you think like oh this is a game for maybe more casual people so it doesn't matter or are you thinking more lines like yeah they're probably not too fussed about this this game um i mean big companies like nintendo are very calculated especially nintendo nintendo is an outlier like mm-hmm. in every in every possible way um you'd never know what to expect from them um and i nintendo to me with all the years that I, you know i followed them from a journalist perspective from a consumer perspective it's always been you can tell nintendo knows what they're doing in some way or another um and everything is calculated for them, especially with the Nintendo Switch era. So mm. I reckon the announcement for Everybody Want to Switch was very calculated. 
Yeah. And they did all of that for a reason. So, and you know, it, it, it was probably 30 people sitting around a massive table, you know, all figuring it out and all like all down to the tiniest little details, but from, from an outset perspective, it just kind of seems slapped together and lazily slapped together. But I reckon like they, they do know what they're doing. And a lot of the big companies do not all big companies do. Um, Ironically, I get a lot of emails from really big develop uh, from really big developers and publishers and honestly surprised at how little effort they go into some of their PR emails. Um, but they kind of don't need to in a way. Yeah. Uh, because you I was know, gonna say yeah, do they just not have to try because hmm. it's it's FIFA or you know, or something like that where they know it's gonna sell, so like, yeah, it's FIFA and it's football and Exactly. Yeah, there's some teams. Yeah, whatever. You, you know, you'll, you'll work it out when you pay us, Bunny. Yep. Yeah, ex- exactly. They have, they have what's called brand salience, which is like that the top of mind's awareness. They already have that, um, and they're you know they're at they're at these massive conferences and online showcases, and they're always going to be in it because you know, and the really big indie publishers, like, but the really big ones, are the Volvo Digital, the Curved Games. Um, and Team 17, all those ones. They're all in this little bubble that is very, very hard to crack into. So it can be quite deflating for indie developers. You know, they don't get picked up by publishers, which not many do. Like a very, very small fraction get picked up by publishers. Mm. So you have to... It's very easy for developers to get deflated and feel like they're climbing a mountain. So just having... and And that's just kind of... That was just kind of how I wanted to help in a lot of ways and you see a lot of developers and they haven't posted on their social media accounts for like two years but their game has completely changed and if they kept doing updates throughout that period their wish list would have climbed and steam doesn't show your game and like on launch all that much until you've got like seven to ten thousand wish lists which is a huge number for indie developers and especially for a developer that hasn't posted in two years it's like where you're going to get those and then you're just going to spend years working on this game it's going to drop and then it's just nothing's going to happen so yeah yeah it it shows how important it is too because even and i'll probably have to keep this in mind just for my simple projects as well but when uh like a game that came out a few months ago cassette base i've been following that game for for years just on twitter my it looks awesome obviously very inspired by pokemon persona earthbound and uh, just been following it on Twitter and then it got picked up by Xbox Game Pass and became a pretty big su- success in that way. But it's important just to keep in people's minds, just like, oh, that, that, that strikes my eye, I'll, I'll keep up with that. And mm-hmm. also, I think for the developers as well, just it just makes them feel less lonely. You're not just sat at your computer just like looking at your PC, just thinking, what am I doing? What am I doing? <laughs> like, what am I making this game? Is it even fun? Yeah, but, does but anyone care? Yeah, but if you take that time just to interact and get a community going, have a Discord open for people to come into, mm. and then like stuff with like early access and that, you're actually able to get feedback directly from people that are interested at the start and hopefully make a big product and become the next Hades. You know, <laughs> that's everybody's uh, dream. <laughs> I could I could only imagine, but yeah, I think it's um you know, it's important and it's great that you're you're doing such a you know you're putting yourself out there to you know just obviously do follow your own passions, but also, you know, your, your business hopefully be helping people as well and help people discover brand new games. Um, uh, a, a game that, uh, that you worked on or worked with, 
um, lo- local in Adelaide, Rooftop Renegade. Yes. That's, the, that's the last game I was in contact with you to, uh, to play and all of that. Mm-hmm. And what was the sort of experience, you know, from like beginning to end on games like Rooftop Renegade where it is like, you know, making contact all the way to launch and sort of the, the post support as well? I mean, it was a bit surreal to be honest, like, cause I met them, I met the, the creative director, Pat, back in 2019, back at PAX. And mm-hmm. we both didn't know we were both from Adelaide. Um, so that oh, cool. was yeah. kind of funny. And then, you know, we just chatted every now and then when he put up a demo, you know, I did a thing on Switchaboo for him. Um, and then, yeah, he was one of the first ones I contacted when, you know, I started the business and I was actually, I'm actually very grateful that he decided to, you know, decided to work with me because he was one of the first developers I worked with. And that was a big nine month campaign um, where I took charge of his social, took charge of their socials, did the, all the, the PR for them, helped out bits here and there. Some developers don't want um, someone else to work on, you know, certain little aspects like trailers and all that kind of stuff. And that's completely fine. Um, you know, it's really up to them how much they want to utilize myself, but all in all, it was just a surreal experience because it like, it's like a four year story. And then I booted up the game, like surreal that it's actually out. And that I know the people, you know, and I've had chats and had coffee with the peoples that have created this game, but also a very surreal experience that I'm actually in the credits. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's weird. That Mm. is very weird. I've been, you know, you and me, we've been playing games for all our lives. um, And to actually see myself on my Nintendo switch, you know, going through the credits and seeing my name, you know, the amount of times I've skipped three credits, not thinking, or like, you know, just, yeah, I finished the game. I'm just going to go to the bathroom because I've needed, needed a pee for like 20 minutes, but actually like looking through it and seeing my name in, the, in those, in those credits was a very surreal experience. And then being there for, you know, the launch and being there for the celebrations um, and being there for, you know, like seeing, the ner- the anxiousness of the developers when announcements went out. So when the release date announcement, like, are people going to care? You know, then you put the launch announcement, are people going to care? And it's always that next thing that you think about, like, and yeah, it comes down to it. Are, are people going to care? Um, and just seeing that anx- anxiousness, knowing that developers are just very much like us. They just, they're just behind a screen a little bit more mm. than we are. And they don't really, some of them, not all of them, but some of them don't really, you know, they're not as extroverted and they just like to to create their game, you know, in their own in their own pastime. But seeing being there for not just the highs, some some lows as well, because it's gonna happen, but like being there when their game launches and they launch their first game and like that excitement is it's quite a good feeling. It's it's quite fun to be along for that ride. Yeah, absolutely. Just yeah, being a part of it and I um I personally love uh, sitting through the credits, especially through a, like a game that I really enjoyed. Like you know when I beat Tears of the Kingdom, I'm like, oh, who was involved in this? And uh, you know mm. the credits go on forever. Like this is a, it, it, especially like um when you play something like The Last of Us Part Two or Zelda, or, you know one of these massive games. Like, like you just realize how many thousands of people worked on the games. Like it's not just yeah. like it's not just a Numa sitting in his office being like, oh, yes, I'm making a game, making a game, making a game. Oh, I'll put this there. Well, that land, oh, nice. That'll work well. What if we can What if we can go through the roof? <laughs> yeah, what if we go through the roof? Oh, look. And me and Mo looks over. Yeah, nice idea, man. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> just 
Alt just control click space. and drag that yeah <laughs> drag that file into the folder you're done made it in game maker garage and nintendo switch yeah, yeah. it's just easy <laughs> as that yeah no it it, it it would have been an awesome just experience like you know every time i don't think that'll get that'll get old for you every time you know you, mm. you spend months and months or years working with a certain developer and you see all their hard work just come onto your screen and um especially if like your name's involved in that in any way whether how big or small it is yeah, it'll be a be an awesome feeling because um i i even get that feeling seeing friends names on on the screen whether they're like writing or just a part of it or even a special thanks or whatever it's like it's cool just to see people you know yeah um on there let alone let alone yourself i was like yes this is my hard work and they thanked me thank you very much <laughs> yeah 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 and definitely when it comes from adelaide as well yeah, I think yeah. that's the biggest thing because not much, you know, you and you and I both know not not much comes from here. You know, we've got Hollow Knight, we've got Hollow Knight, but like not much comes from Adelaide. So when something does come from Adelaide, um, that's a good feeling, and a lot more is happening around here as well. I mean, I'm not, I've got um, a clients from WA that we're working on an announcement, which is quite exciting, and then I might have a clients from England. You know, touch wood. Um, see how things go but you know so i'm not just in adelaide of course but my home is always going to be here and i'm always going to you know have a chat to like be in those networking events in adelaide and, um it's always where my heart's going to be I yeah guess. you got you got like a certain pride don't you you're like mm. hollow knight like um silk song comes on the xbox stage e3 last year you're like that's from adelaide that game yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> those straight guys, away <laughs> those guys live near me yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, they're millionaires now yeah (laughs) i actually do know where their office is and it is right around the corner from my place which is actually quite surreal quite surreal Mm. it's the same in like whether it's from melbourne or anywhere as well it's just like it's it's wonderful to see you know the australian indie game scene like coming out pretty strong and uh especially since like you know team bondi got Mm. got dissolved years and years ago um, it's, it's nice to see it coming back in the indie space. It will never come back in the AAA space. It's way too expensive to make a AAA game now. Yeah. Um, you could only imagine, you could imagine how expensive it would be to the, do a AAA game in Australia. It'd be ridiculous. Mm. Oh yeah. And oh, we, don't, God. we don't have very good, um, even though the government has been doing more in terms of tax offsets and everything, we're still years and years behind like United States and Japan. Um, yeah, where, in, in where Canada, Canada, Canada especially European countries, they're doing a lot of things there. Yeah. Um, but you do sort of think to yourself, like, imagine if, uh, like the the tax you know gave one of these big companies a break, like whether it's a two k or whatever, it's like bring a bring a company to, to Sydney or something. You can imagine just how many jobs and all that would open up in this field, which is mm. kind of non-existent. We're losing so much talent to other countries when it comes to game design and software engineering and all of this stuff, it would be such a shame that people can't like really go, I want to be a game designer and aim to work at one of these bigger places because it takes a lot. It takes a lot to be like, all right, we're going to make a game, but it's going to be very focused and small and it's going to take us eight years to develop um, in our spare time. Yeah. So yeah, no, it is, I do wish that Australia had a bit more of a scene, but I think, um, I think that's just Australia in general when it comes to a lot of, a lot of things, it's just, you know, smaller population so mm. it is what it is yeah i mean yeah they they have been doing more and i mean they're they were behind that april from the from the beginning so mm. they're like 10 10 plus years behind in terms of you know putting in um legislations and whatnot but they have been doing 
more and they're trying to they're trying to catch up but they've got a it's a very very steep hill and the the fact that they're still i mean this is just my personal personal belief but like the fact that they're still tied to screen australia because they don't think that gaming has enough of its own worth to be its own thing in its own government body like it's part of screen australia which is all film um i think that that kind of sends the wrong message i suppose or you've got people looking at this that might not fully understand what mm. is special about video games um so yeah i think we've got a lot we've got a lot of work to do in australia yeah because like you said they they're focusing more on narrative so stuff comes out a lot more but it's like it's 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 less game it's more interactive storytelling where it is like a lot of mobile stuff where you're like just tapping and moving some stuff and then the story is progressing something like florence or you know mm-hmm. something like that where it is it's like you know it's it's a it's a game quote unquote but it's it's more or less just like a storytelling interactive experience where it would be cool to have like you know a, a body of people that um actually do really understand games and mm. want to see the medium really move forward just in all aspects, whether it is storytelling or just arcade fun, whatever. But yeah, it is, it is sort of interesting because like you, at the same time, you don't really, you don't necessarily want the government to interfere with mm. the creative process, but game games are just so expensive to make. So the average person <laughs> cannot do it by themselves. So these grants are so important. That's, yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. A lot of some developers make a small game uh, that sells quite well. Um, like if they, you know, if they get lucky enough, and then they take that and then work on their bigger projects. Mm. So a lot of a lot of developers they don't start with a um, like if you look at Matt makes games, which turned into a different name, but they're they're the ones behind Celeste, for yep. example. Um, they did Celeste was not their first game. They did Towerfall before that, and I think a couple of others before. And they had like a Pico version of Celeste, which you can actually play in Celeste, funnily enough. Um, But they actually have a small version, and that was their first version of Celeste, which they released. And then, you know, and then they took that and grew and grew. So stories like Celeste, stories like Hollow Knight, stories like Hades, like that wasn't Supergiant's first game either. They had made multiple games before Mm. then. So developers yeah it can take you know three to five years to make their first game and then it sells okay um but it doesn't do what they're expecting and then a lot of them can get disheartened which i mean is understandable but to really build a a development studio and to build something you know that had that is long lasting it's almost kind of like you've got you've got to be well adept in branding as well and like really building your company and building your brand and building what what consumers will know your games are like, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, a lot of steps to get right along the way. Like, mm. if you uh, if you make a, a misstep financially or just you don't learn the right skills that you need, because I can only mm. imagine the amount of time and dedication it would take to actually learn the skills to do it in the first place. Yep. Whether you're doing it for fun or not, <laughs> it's just it'll take or, forever. So, or launching a game that is buggy, you know, if they yeah. launch a game and it's it's not quite optimized, but some some developers they even if they get grants or if they get you know um, financial support, they get contracted to release at a certain time and they have to release at that time. And if that game launches and it's buggy, then that's a black mark next to their name 
So mm. developers will like uh, consumers will stop following them. They won't be excited about their next game. They'll get press that's very negative, and it's hard to pick yourself back up from that. So. Yeah, I can only imagine how hard it'll be. Like like we said at the very start of the show, we got that many games with from Game Pass and mm. PlayStation, and just buying them on Steam and uh, on Switch and all of that. Like just got so many options and a game from an indie developer that you haven't heard of to really catch your attention and put your time and money into it. It's just, uh, yeah, and that's a, it's a sort of a big commitment that sort of gets you away from Zelda, away from Street Fighter six, away from, um, you know, cyberpunk DLC coming out and, you know, it's just Spider-Man two Mario wonder, you know, there's a, <laughs> it's a, they add it's, up. It's, it's a, it's a massive job, but, um, yeah. And I'm it's sure, a cle- Yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, Last, I suppose last thing I can say on that is it's a bit of a cliche to point towards um, how many games release on Steam every year, but it's it grows. Mm. It's, it's growing year on year. Um, so I think it's about up to like ten to 12,000 games per year, which translates to 30 games per day. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, if you're spending three years where 30,000 games have launched during that time and will continue to launch, what makes your game stand out? So a lot of developers, yeah, they might be very technically minded um but if you don't have that story in there or you don't have something you know eye-catching or something it might not even sell to begin with Mm. and when you put it that way that the so many games coming out so many games that don't have a sort of um you know a presence online or whatever just Mm -hmm. the potential for you to find clients is just massive so it's just you know it's up to you to find those people that align with your values and Mm. Hopefully, yeah, you'll kill it, man. Yeah, it, yeah, it is. It is up to me for a lot of things as well, and that is why <laughs> you know when I get back, I'll be doing my website, and you know, I've been posting on socials a little bit more, and yeah, so it's it's not this business decision. It's not just you know working on other people's games. I also have to find the time to you know do my own branding, mm. which it takes a lot of time too. So I'm building like multiple communities at the same time. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Like I said, I'm absolutely terrified, but that's fine. Mm. Yeah, because you've got the perspective of the media side as well from Switchaboo. Do you have, um, are you going to be spending the amount of time you've been spending in the past on the website or are you going to uh, step back a little bit or you're still pretty good for time commitment to it? I have stepped back a little bit from there. Um, I'm still I'm still the editor. Um, so I'm still, you know, getting all those emails and re- requesting codes and handling you know, passing review codes to writers and they write their reviews and then pass it back to me and editing and uploading and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it is, it is still quite time consuming, but um, I don't, I review like probably two or three games a year now Yeah. where, you know, a couple of years ago it was two to three games a week. So it's, yeah, Jesus. I definitely, <laughs> Jesus, I was, yeah. I was nuts back then. I, mm. I had energy back then. Um <laughs> You're yeah. not 30 yet. You can't say that yet. No, no. <laughs> what have I got? Uh, seven months. All right. I can't say that for seven months. No. You've got to hold it in until then. Oh, I'm so old now. <laughs> February My knees. 20- My knees. I can't game. <laughs> <laughs> can't, oh, I can't stand up. I can't sit down for this long. What am I going to do? February 21st, 2024. You'll hear me complain a lot on that day. <laughs> Just lay down. Stay yep. down. <laughs> <laughs> I fall and I can't get up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah excited scared shitless all of the emotions between 
that's where yeah. I'm at right now. I bet. I wish you all the luck, man. I hope uh, hope it all works out for you. And if any of the games you're working on come to Switch, let me know. I'll be I'll be happy to give it a play. That's for sure. <laughs> Thanks, man. No, I appreciate it. And honestly, developers appreciate that too, knowing you know that there are people that want to dive in and you know even just play their game that's just a surreal experience to developers so that honestly means a lot to them as well yeah um because yeah trying to keep up with like all the interesting games it, it gets it gets tough especially for an individual let alone you know even even outlets like switchaboo or even the biggest ones like keeping up there was a uh a pretty relentless <laughs> quote going around from ign with the the social media team i think like, oh, look, if IGN doesn't review it, it's probably not good anyway or something like that. It's like... Yeah. Oof. Yeah, and what they... What <laughs> they only covered like the AAA, yeah, mm. they only covered the AAA games and then the very occasional, you know, indie game that, you know, blows up and has, like, a lot of clout on social media. Yeah, it's the AAA they, indie review. games, they cover that and... Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's all they do. Yeah. I don't blame them. I don't blame them either. It takes, like... Yeah, I no. can't... No, no business can review 30 games a day. No, that's just that's that's nuts. Yeah, but maybe don't say it that way. Maybe say maybe don't say. Look, if we haven't played it, it's probably shit anyway. So I could imagine a dev been like, "Oh, you didn't mm. review my game. You played my game, shit." <laughs> yeah, it's honestly, awful. like, yeah, um, Rooftop Renegade didn't even like it got sixty or seventy reviews, uh, but it doesn't have a Metacritic score, and like, oh. a lot of a lot of people mm. are so so focused and especially like you know developers and game like in gamers they're so focused on that metacritic score where and if you don't have a metacritic score then obviously your game isn't you know important enough no mm. it got a lot of reviews but metacritic is also you know very mainstream focused so it only has it has a very very select few um critics that it deems worthy and you know they're 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 the big ones. They're Nintendo lives. They're IGNs. They're GameSpots. And it's you can't just send any. You can't just send a code their way and expect like it's not like it's not like a coin. You can't insert a code and then it's, and you know a review, a review comes out. It doesn't work mm, like yeah. that. So um, yeah. So Rooftop Renegade, it, as much interest as that had, you know, PAX People's Choice winner um, was a big talking point for like four years from Adelaide and everything that doesn't even have and a pr campaign behind it that doesn't even have a metacritic score it's, it's one review off on the xbox version it's one review off all right yeah that, that's really strange because you think like 60 reviews that's a lot mm-hmm. and all of these outlets are verified for metacritic like regardless of it's whether it's ign or nintendo life or whoever whoever that's still 60 verified websites oh, giving the, their thoughts the reviews so it got 60 to 70 reviews but not all of them are verified reviews. Not all of them are verified critics. So only a select few of them are verified critics. Right, okay. Um, and we didn't get enough of them. Even though we reached out to all of them, um, we still didn't get that much. To And because it's because it launched on all four platforms as well, so some one of them might have, you know, they mm. review games on all systems, but they reviewed the PlayStation version. So we've got yeah, three spreads, Xbox spreads reviews. Out, yeah. Exactly. We've mm. got three Xbox reviews, um, like two PC reviews, one PlayStation review, and three Switch reviews, for example. I haven't checked in a while. Um, but yeah, it's where if we combine them all together, we'd have a Metacritic score, but the, the site doesn't work that way. Mm. Yeah, it makes it frustrating. All these little frustrations you run into, just be like, come on. 
especially when especially if you're behind a product we're like this is awesome like legitimately like this is fun you'll enjoy it mm. <laughs> yeah yeah it's just like i i'm a marketer but i can't scream at people to play this game like that's <laughs> not and, it's not good come, marketing just come and slap your podcasting friends in the face buy the bloody game like, yeah, All yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah that's the thing like i know like a bunch of streamers and podcasters and all that played rootop renegade but mm. like obviously i'm not putting out a score or review on metacritic or open critic or anything so it's tough because even if like twitch is just lit a blaze like oh this is awesome you're still not going to get that score you can slap onto onto some marketing and do a trailer with and all that mm. but it sort of goes into just the whole thing of like review scores on games it's it's a little bit toxic in some ways because you can imagine like the pressure it puts on developers and like even even gamers being like oh look i think this is about an eight out of ten it's like mm. It's like it becomes a based like a what? yeah exactly based on what like and even some some reviews you see like six out of ten but you know some six out of tens were like some of my favorite games because mm. I don't like obviously they got things wrong with them but it doesn't really bother me so much I can look past it and really enjoy it something that comes to mind is like the Pokemon Mystery Dungeon games they always got like six out of tens mm. and uh, I think I remember missing one of the games from like oh six out of ten whatever but playing like um some of the DS games. I want, this is an awesome story. It's, it's repetitive as hell, but I'm a kid. I got time. Like the mm. reviewer who's an adult who wants to move on to the next thing. They're like, Oh my God, hundred floor dungeon cross kill me now. But <laughs> you know, it's a kid's game at the end of the day. And I think, you know, I really enjoyed it. So it's in some ways. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's all subjective. Bit, yeah. It's, like as someone who's been doing reviews for six years and, you know, manning a team that do reviews, it's, it's, it's all subjective at the end of the day. One, one reviewer that we have has never given a 10 out of 10. Like he's never given a 10 out of 10 to anything. He, his favorite game, he still considers a 9 out of 10. Whereas, you know, other people are much more willing to give Hard 10 man. out of 10s. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And like yeah. some people just have different, you know, different understandings of what those numbers mean. Um, it definitely changes your opinion when you meet the developer. When you go to PAX and you oh, meet definitely, the developer. Yeah. And you mm. interview them, and then they give you a code afterwards. You're definitely more inclined to give them a higher score, and it's not it's it's not on purpose, but it's more of a it's more of a subconscious kind of thing where you have a, more of a nostalgic emotional tie to the creation yeah, of the game. I, yeah, for for me, I think um in the in like the very rare instance that sort of happened, um, it's it's more along the lines of you don't want to be mean, mm. like like you know. If you're playing some random game on Steam, you're like, oh, oh, this is shit. What the hell is this? What were they thinking? But if if, if you played it at a convention and like you you bought it off them or got a code, mm. you're like, oh, well, I reckon this would be fun if they did this with this mechanic or yeah. you know, the graphics here are pretty terrible. So I'd like to say that you know you'd say you you would say it in a different way. You'd say it more more akin to maybe a a friend or someone. Like you 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 wouldn't give them critical feedback. Whereas I think uh, I think gamers um, sort of fall into the, the they lose the humanity sometimes when it comes to especially big games. Mm. And um, you know I, I've got you know I've got thoughts on some games. Where I'm like oh my god, what were they thinking? Type of thing. Um, but you always you always keep in mind you know, the people behind the screen, the people that are making that happen. And mm. you know our hobby would not be able to happen without these just wonderful creative people that are putting themselves out there to do it in the first place. Whether it's just because they want to feed their family or because they really want to put an awesome game out there, that's that's up to them. But um, yeah, yeah and, no, it's very important to remember. 
and I'm of the mind that like probably over 99% of developers or anyone who's involved in making a game has the best intentions in mind. Like not, I, I can't imagine there's many developers out there who are passionate about what they do, spend years and years of studying and, you know, putting it into practice and then think, I'm just going <laughs> to create an average game. Like yeah. I, just, I can't be bothered. I'm just like, yeah, just ship it out. It's fine. Like only, I imagine only the big companies that, you know, they're very money driven, they're very money focused, you know, oh, we have to get this game out by this quarter um, so that we have this revenue stream so we can, we can, you know, appeal to our investors, you know, it's that kind of thinking, but like, I can't imagine any developer or, you know, programmer or producer or anything is going to have negative, negative intentions. They're always going to have, they're always going to be optimistic. It's just some things are out of their control or they, there could be a bug that they just didn't see, you know, in testing. Mm. and like that's we're just human at the end of the day yeah yes no it's um yeah but got to keep that in mind because I, I i know for me sometimes like when it went something i really care about i'm like come on what <laughs> like for example pokemon that's what's coming to mind when i'm speaking mm. about this i'm like what but you know there's wonderful people who have just like made my favorite games throughout the years um you know in that building doing the best they can and whatever decisions are sort of, um, you know, making the product what it is across the board, you know, I'm not quite sure what that is. I'm not in the building. So yeah. it's important just to say, hey, look, this is the product. This is how I feel about it. I'd like mm -hmm. to see it improved. But ne never take digs at people because um, developers, especially on Twitter, you know, the more upfront ones are sort of copying it. And it's uh, disgusting to see, <laughs> to, yeah. to be quite frank. I don't know. I don't talk to anyone like that. I hope you, yeah, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's Twitter though, I guess, eh? That is, Twitter. that Twitter. is Twitter. There's a whole other thing I can go into, but let's let's not. <laughs> yeah, especially the last couple of days. I'm like, what the fuck? Yep. What's, what's going on here? Yeah, I, I saw you post about it too. Yeah, I think, I think that's where I, that's literally where I found out the news because <laughs> um my my, uh, my phone app uh it just stopped working mm -hmm. and like it, I went to log in and it said you're already logged in. I'm like, oh, well this made the decision very easy. So Twitter's off my phone. <laughs> yep. Um, and I actually. I actually said, oh, well, while I'm doing this, I got rid of Facebook and everything else. I got no social media on my phone. So if I want to, if I want to do a post on Twitter, I've got to go to the laptop. So I'm not wasting time on it so much. Um, so that made that easy. And, uh, you know, seeing what Elon Musk is doing with like the limiting what you can see each day, I'm like, oh, you're doing me a favor there too, I guess. Yep. If I get stuck on it, you'll just say, fuck off. I'm, All right. <laughs> yeah, essentially. I mean, and that's what, that's what I was thinking as well. Like uh, it, this morning, I, you know, Partner and I got up and it was quite early. We, we had pancakes, we made coffee. It was great. And then I saw that on the new, like on my newsfeed and I'm just like, now I'm rethinking so many things of so many marketing strategies I had in place. You know, yeah. It, massive yeah, shake up to your job even. Yeah, of course. I'm not even full time yet. That changes everything. Well, not mm. everything. It changes a lot. Cause like, like, would you say Twitter would be the platform that you look at most? Cause that, that's where I feel like a lot of gamers are. Like, yeah. A lot of gaming gamers, community, yeah, especially indie gaming community, um, because they mm. want to they want to know they're curious about you know the developers themselves. They want to um, see yeah, that definitely. personal story. But now you know we're rethinking that, you know, and where does everyone else go? Um, have, have you ever looked at Mastodon? Like I've, I haven't looked at any of the alternatives. I only see like, hey, look, oh no, Twitter's gone to hell. So find me here. That's yeah. the only thing I know about these other places. But personally, like, I, if Twitter dies, I'm just I'm happy just to. Style my life. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's fine. I don't have to be on. I think Discord and stuff, keeping in touch with um, yeah, my people. I think that's better anyway because you're just they're actually talking to them. Yeah, 
But yeah, I don't know. No, I haven't looked into these other places yet. Yeah, well, I mean, Macedon is uh, that's the one that most people are recommending. And I went on it, and it's just like there's these weird club, like there's these weird server groups. So you can only post into specific servers, right? And yep. it's like mm. very codey, like very developery. And yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's probably not done. <laughs> yeah, honestly, literally, yeah. And it's probably like it's probably freaking out with all the mass users coming over to it. It's probably like one guy in a tin shed trying to you know trying to connect wires together and he's like what what's what do i do the world's going insane elon stop um yeah not much different to twitter at the moment though to be fair true two guys (laughs) in a room connecting wires um yeah so it it all changes and you know having someone that's the idea having someone keeping up with all that and trying to conduct strategies behind it that's that's what i do yeah, I'll be, I'll be just really interested in a year's time of like, if you're talking to one of your clients, be like, all right, we need a good Mastodon strategy. <laughs> what are we going to do? What servers do we need to be in? What are we going to be posting there? Because, um, yeah, you have the TikToks going, you'll have the Instagram going, uh, Twitter's uh, just in, in flames. So you're like, oh, look, don't have to worry about that too much. Yeah. No, I find, I find all that stuff super interesting as well because even every now and again, I just like, because I'm I'm no marketer, but I'm interested in the whole marketing thing. I think it's actually very interesting. Just like the, it's like psychology, basically. Like it's like an aspect of that. So just um, sort of figuring out like, oh, look, how do we get it out to people? That's why I'm enjoying this conversation so much. Just uh, picking your brain about it. Yeah. Con- consumer behavior is very interesting. And I've done, I've done studies there. Um, it's, it's super fascinating. Um consumer behavior and uh just like i don't even know how to put it now we'll 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 move on from that one my brain's fried yep (laughs) just consumer behavior psychology it's very interesting yeah absolutely yeah because they get to the point where you can just like brainwash people play the game please like the like just chuck on hypnotoad yeah the hypnotoad from futurama (laughs) (laughs) if only if only only i could do that but like yeah keeping up with like people's people's attention spans are just getting shorter and shorter which is oh tell me about it yeah getting (laughs) yeah it's it's like and you have to play into that and a lot of it's like just keeping up with algorithms just trying to understand what steam's doing you know and like then there's like one update to their algorithm and then the whole community flips out because like everything we had in place is like now completely different so yeah, it's just it's just keeping up with that as well. It's fascinating. Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, yeah, since you said your brain was fried, I dare say better end the show. Getting a bit late. <laughs> no, I, I really do appreciate your time tonight, though, Alex. It's been a lot of fun picking your brain, and I wish you all the success in the world uh, no. for your future endeavors. I'm sure you'll kill it. I'm Thanks, sure. Drew, be... I pre- appreciate that. No, Thank no you for having me on as well. No, Thank you for the sleepover. Like again, oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> tell, tell me next time. I'll bring I'll bring my robe. Um, make some popcorn. Yeah, bring some snacks next time, man. I'm bloody starving. Yeah. I didn't have any in the house either. So, yeah, well, you're hosting. Like, what is this? Yeah, the bad host. Tell yeah. me about it. <laughs> Do I get the bad controller as well? Yeah, yeah, I've got a controller. It doesn't even have a second stick. It's missing yeah. the left stick. You can't even move. <laughs> you play Smash. <laughs> the A just... button doesn't push in. <laughs> no, no I've got, I actually do have a couple of GameCube controllers that um, when I was taking. I think I was going to Avcon actually. I, I brought a bag of GameCube controllers and I had them in the same bag as my shampoo. And my shampoo went through them all. So now, the, now the uh, the buttons stick in. So you can have you can use so those. That one. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you still have those controllers. You didn't actually throw them out. No, I still got them. 
Oh, sure. Okay. Well, <laughs> well, the intention was to open them up and clean them out and wash them, but time passed. Yeah, time passed, and the uh, shampoo set, and yeah, I wonder how rusty and crap they are inside. God knows. Might be a good sight. There's a future video right there. Oh, good idea. So yeah, um, what would I call it? Uh, fixing my fuck up. GameCube controller <laughs> opening. There you go. <laughs> Boom. Algorithm Done. would love that title. Oh. YouTube's like, oh, anything with fucking it. We'll just yeah, put it right out there. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Top of the suggested page. Uh, just all my videos are like, who gives a fuck? And oh, I fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but um, if there's any developers listening and like, oh, this guy sounds like a good bloke I'd like to hire. Um, what socials, your website, all of that. I know you said you got to do your mm. website. This won't go out for a couple of weeks. So there's a bit of a buffer there in case you need to do any it corrections. Won't or it, w- it won't be up by then. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a big thing. Um, honestly, yeah, Twitter, even though, even though it is a dumpster fire, that is still probably the best way to reach me. Um, so just at the indie XP, so the indie XP, that's the best way I can, that's the best way I can say it. Um, or email me alex at the indie XP.com. Uh, just, you know, send me a message directly and I check it every day, every hour, every minute. So yeah, I'll get back to you pretty quickly. Beautiful. And if you're a big hotshot, uh, Twitch streamer or something like that, I'm sure you'll have some games that you will want to send your way to. Absolutely. Yeah. Any, you know. Even if you're not big, even if you're not a hot shot, like, like, like fifty followers or fifty thousand followers, it doesn't matter, honestly. Like, we just like we just like hearing from communities and everything. Very nice, awesome. Well, thank you very much for joining me and uh, everybody. The doors to the house of Mario they're closed. Um, it's time for us to go to sleep. Night, everyone. <laughs>